Hey everybody, this is Sam and you're listening to the Deep End Podcast, the show that provides you with juicy relationship, sexual and personal development tips. A podcast for deep thinkers and feelers who love personal growth and want to experience healthy relationships. Okay, so today I have an epic woman that I'm so excited to interview. This woman is called Adrian, aka the Yoni Nutritionist, and she is a certified holistic nutritionist and sexual health advocate with a passion for women's sexual health. She teaches people with vaginas the importance of nutrition and holistic lifestyle practices to maintain their vaginal health and helps them manage symptoms of chronic vaginal infections like yeast infections, bacterial vaginosis, UTIs, candida overgrowth, HPV, and herpes. As a passionate sexual health and STI advocate, she empowers women to end the shame and stigma of these very common vaginal health issues and help them feel confident within their sexuality so they can enjoy their sex lives again. So, of course, I am very excited to have this conversation as somebody who has had recurring BV and other things. That's how we kind of found each other. I reached out to you maybe earlier this year when I was on my little journey um so yeah thank you so much for being here I really appreciate you and the work that you offer the world it's incredible oh thanks for having me and thanks for the beautiful intro (laughs) um so I'd love for my listeners to yeah like what is a yoni nutritionist and and what's your story so I started doing this work three and a half years ago um after I finished going to school for to study holistic nutrition and it all started when I was just becoming sexually active when I was 15 and I started getting chronic yeast infections and that started developing into chronic BV and then sometimes UTIs then I got a genital herpes and HPV diagnosis in the same year when I was in my early 20s and then in my mid-30s was like the the icing on the cake when I finally was able to figure out that I had candida overgrowth because I got really sick. And if you don't know what candida, if anybody listening doesn't know what candida overgrowth is, it's basically a fungal infection, like a yeast infection that takes over your entire body. So I had all kinds of symptoms from chronic yeast infections to like cystic acne, to brain fog, to all kinds of all kinds of things that were happening that my doctors just couldn't help me with and just couldn't like I knew something was wrong but my doctors couldn't give me any solutions and it didn't it took a it took me to figure it all out on my own to figure out it's all connected to my gut health and at that time all I had to do was do a candida elimination diet which sounded you know really simple in comparison to the suffering I was going through and when I did it and it worked. That's when a light bulb moment went off for me. And I was like, holy shit. Why isn't anybody talking about this? Like it, and it made me angry because, you know, I just felt so frustrated with and neglected from my doctor who couldn't give me any answers or support other than medication. So I figured it out all on my own, did a candida diet in about four to six weeks, my symptoms cleared up. And that's when I was like, I'm quitting my corporate life and I'm going back to school to study holistic nutrition so that I can help other women and people with vaginas deal with this too. Because during that whole, all of those things, there was even a phase in my life when I was getting recurring genital herpes outbreaks and I've been through it with HPV too, like abnormal, normal, abnormal, normal, pap smears, leap procedures, like all of the procedures. And I felt so alone when I was going through all of this. Like I would talk to my friends and family and they they would, you know, have empathy for me. I would talk to my therapist, but nobody really understood what I was going through. And it affected, affected the quality of my life. Like my work, like my relationship suffered, my work suffered, my self-confidence, my self-worth. It was all I thought about my vagina. And it's just like took over my entire life. At one point I wanted a new vagina. Oh my God. I can totally relate. I like literally have had this conversation. I was like, my vagina is broken. I'd say I've said that before. And there's so much shame around it as well, because it's like 
no one's talking about it, like you said, and then you're trying to figure out what's going on. And then you're, you know, speaking to these doctors who are giving you a symptom orientated sort of like support, which isn't getting to the root cause because why is it repeating? Why does it keep coming up? And so, yeah, your investigator came in. I love that. <laughs> oh my God. Cause I've been through such a similar experience where I would have recurring BV and I, can't I couldn't find anything online and I I was like I cannot keep taking antibiotics so I've taken antibiotics my gut is I'm on a mission right now with that I'm doing like full body scans next week on everything but the the antibiotics stopped working because I took them that frequently and then Mm -hmm. there's new stuff that's come out and I'm just like that's when I found you and I was like this is this is can't just be this way it cannot be this and there's so many women out there that are feeling the exact same way who have these symptoms and have these experiences and there's nothing there's not a lot out there I I searched on Instagram I searched everywhere I asked doctors and even on the internet they haven't even for BV in particular they haven't even got like any sort of stuff around like what that they don't know what really causes it it's a pH imbalance. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, that is epic. So you went and studied, um, you went and studied nutrition, and now, where are you at? Like, what what are you experiencing with your clients? So now I'm do I've been doing this for three and a half years now, and I am helping people with candida overgrowth, especially. That's kind of my area. It's kind of my specialty. the candida overgrowth stuff but um, I also am helping people with genital herpes with HPV with BV with UTIs and something that's been coming up a lot recently is something that I didn't even hear of until like two years ago which is urea plasma mycoplasma a lot of it's a very particular type of resistant bacteria that's really really a pain in the ass and it's like if you're getting chronic BV and UTIs especially, um, and you're testing negative for BV, it could be this. It's there's people are just coming out of the woodwork telling me all kinds of things that they're struggling with, and yeah, it's it's hard because I believe in both a medical and a holistic approach. Like sometimes we need antibiotics, like. There's no way I could treat a yeast infection without the help of the vaginal suppositories, which I hate taking, but it's the only thing that will treat my symptoms. But then it's Mm. looking at a holistic approach in between to manage and maintain your vaginal health to prevent the the infections from coming back because some people are more sensitive to them than others. Yeah, I love that. It's like... Yeah, the body does keep the score and it's something that I learned recently is that we can look at things symptomatically or we can look at them from the cause, which I kind of mentioned before. So I love the combination of you marrying the two and, yeah, having a yeast infection, if anybody has ever had it, and it's available, like both men and women, females and male bodies can experience it. It is so uncomfortable, so uncomfortable. So It's so awful. Yeah yeah especially when they keep happening yeah and so with the candida um diet like is that something that you have to do consistently or like what's that about it depends on the symptoms and how long somebody has been struggling with candida because i've met some of my clients have been struggling with candida for years like seven to ten years of their lives even longer so they may it depends on the severity of the candida but for me i did it for about six weeks and my symptoms cleared up right away and everybody has candida in their guts men women everyone um has candida and it what it's usually a helper it's usually like really beneficial in the gut it's responsible for nutrient absorption digestion all kinds of things there's like a bunch of different species of candida it's also called candida albicans and when it overgrows that's when it becomes a problem so it really is doing an elimination diet within four to six weeks but depending on the severity of somebody's symptoms they may need to do it longer 
So it really is a true elimination diet. Like you're eating super clean. You're getting rid of all the crap that's causing inflammation in your body, feeding the, the overgrowth of candida um, and anything like too acidic or anything like that. So yeah, it's, it's a really interesting process because you really get to know your body really well and your body, how it reacts to specific foods. And it really does change your relationship with food as well. It's such, it's like the best thing that ever happened to me. It's one of the hardest things that I've ever done. Changing your eating habits is hard. I think that's hard. the biggest challenge that I have in my work is people know that they need to change and they know that they need to do something, but diet is always the last thing that they look at and last thing that they want to do. <laughs> But yeah. it's really like the only option to That's get because, to the root cause. Yeah. Bread, donuts, chocolate, all of it is like just so yummy. Oh, <laughs> so it's yeah. so hard to give up, like really hard to give up, especially when it's the habitual, that the habit of not knowing what we can eat, the alternatives of what we can eat and how that can. The other thing is, yeah, how that can enhance the way we feel like, we don't know what we don't know. And when we live a particular way for so long, we don't actually know what is available for, for us and how we feel. We kind of just get used to living a particular way. That's what's been my experience anyway. Until I've gone down that path, it's been like, oh, okay, cool. So I feel really great right now. And I didn't realize this was available to me. I thought I needed all these other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm, feeling like there's probably a question that people would be having by listening to this. You spoke about herpes. Now, this is something that is actually did a podcast with somebody else specifically about the shame that comes with that. Um, And it's a lot more common than people think. So Mm -hmm. you're saying, or what I'm hearing is that there are, there's a nutritional not antidote, but there's a, you know, there's a, a, a link between herpes outbreaks and your nutrition as well. Yes. Okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, <laughs> and you've got support around that too, for people who experience yeah. herpes. Yeah. 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 There's a couple of things for people who live with herpes that it's important to know. And this is applies to both oral cold sores because oral cold sores god say that five times fast oral cold sores are herpes and and, yeah and can be transmitted to somebody's genitals via oral sex resulting in genital herpes Mm -hmm. and then of course there's genital herpes Um, there's two different types of herpes hsv1 hsv2 and there's lots of foods that contain a specific amino acid called arginine and this is a, an amino acid in um, many foods that are some foods are higher than others that inhibit that replicate the herpes virus so you want to try to stay away from those specific foods and some of those are some of our favorites of course chocolate is one of them nuts and seeds corn oats there's lots of different foods that contain arginine even like most foods contain arginine but those are some of the foods that are higher in arginine and what you also want to be aware of is the other kind of like opposite amino acid it's called lysine and that's the good one and that inhibits the like the the viral replication with herpes so it helps to prevent herpes and manage herpes outbreaks from coming up so foods that are high in lysine, there's like meats, specific meats. It's hard to list them all because every food has lysine and arginine together, but you can also, you can supplement with lysine. Yeah. I've seen those. Yeah. But for some people like with herpes, they, if they'll have, if they eat sugar, it'll trigger an outbreak. If they drink coffee, it'll trigger an outbreak. If they drink alcohol, bam, an outbreak right after. Some people are more sensitive to their diet than others. For me, not really with my herpes outbreaks but diet plays such a huge role and it's not just like the sugar that's causing the herpes outbreak it's what happens in the the physiological response in the body after you eat it is what causes an outbreak inflammation weakens the immune system yeah outbreak 
yeah. herpes is a virus. So yes, I get face herpes. Yeah. <laughs> face herpes. Yeah. Yeah. I joke. I, I joke <laughs> about that. I'm like, yeah, I've got face herpes. I actually have one healing at the moment um, above my lip. I've never mm. had an outbreak there before. I usually get it on my lip line. Um, yeah, I did sit in the sun a couple of weeks ago and I did get a little bit red. So I'm wondering if it's like a sun blister kind of thing, but I also have the chocolate, the the metaphysical stuff that I've looked into is that's unexpressed anger as well. So like the emotional stuff around that. And yeah, I've looked into that too. And I can see the, how that relates in my personal life and all the things that I'm moving through emotionally. Um, I'm so glad that you mentioned the metaphysical part of it because this, like, you know, a lot of people and me included, I never used to believe in this stuff until I went through my healing journey. I would have thought, Oh, whatever. Like, you know, it's just all woo woo, but I swear to you, this shit is real energy, emotions, get trapped in the body and can be, you know, come out in certain places as disease, especially if you keep getting it in the same place. Like it's not a coincidence. I totally agree. And there's too much evidence out there not to know or believe that there's truth in it, the metaphysical stuff. Like it's, I mean, I guess um, Albert Einstein started that journey for us and there is so much more science that's come out since him about the metaphysics and like just if people are orientated towards understanding the science behind it but like when we tune into the experience and we start to see the or like the actual links and um the relationships between what our body is revealing to us and the emotional side of things and the energetic side of things that it's like you can't deny the truth and the facts of that like whenever mm-hmm. i read the stuff about cold sores i'm like oh, okay i have to look at my stuff but like we don't want to feel we don't want to feel any of that you know we don't want to feel that because but that's where the healing is yeah you got to feel it to heal it it's true and what i think i want to speak into next is the fact that your process isn't a quick fix. No, no, yeah. definitely not. And we live in a world that is full of people offering quick fixes and wanting a quick fix. Mm-hmm. But the truth is it's not sustainable. So what's been your experience with that? It's been years. I've been on a journey for the past, I guess my candida overgrowth was was at its worst in 2013, which was almost 10 years ago, which is crazy. So I've been on this journey for about 10 years now, and I have had to revolve my entire life around my vagina, which isn't so bad because I'm not restricting myself in any way. (laughs) I enjoy my life, trust me, (laughs) I do it in moderation. And I know how to listen to my body. I know the signs that my body's giving me when something, oh, I can feel maybe a yeast infection coming on because I still get yeast infections. Sometimes I have candida overgrowth and I'm sensitive to it. Um, so basically I, I live my life for my vagina. My diet has completely changed. I've like, I really have to prioritize my sleep and prioritize my self care and really just be mindful of, you know, having a bender of a weekend sometimes, which I like sometimes, but I have to just make up for the sleep that I'm like, I, you know, um, things like that I've learned over the years and it's taken me a really long time. Now it's easy. Like at the beginning, it was a big learning curve and a big change, which was definitely challenging, but worth it because my vagina and my sex life and my self-confidence is worth it. And it's been life changing. Like I've gone through so much therapy. I've done a lot of personal development work, like spiritual stuff, plant medicine, silent retreats, yoga teacher training, like, yeah, so much healing over the years, years of therapy. <laughs> yeah. And he, so uh... it's been tough though. Cause it's, it's hard work going through those feelings. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so hard. Like the body does keep the score. It's, it's so fascinating. And I don't think healing looks like what 
we think it looks like. Well, for me, that's been my experience, you know, like um, I actually had some sexual trauma come up recently and my my body's showing me that I have this like perioral dermatitis, which I've also had to take antibiotics for, doxycycline, which is a low-grade antibiotic, but it kills all bacteria, which is just not the best for the gut health, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, face mapping says that that's all about the reproductive system. So there's the, all these links to how my body is revealing to me what I need to focus my healing on. And yeah, having little moments of, you know, I've, I've seen energy healers and all the things similar to you, but noticing how my body is now responding to that from feeling the pain and having my little moment with that emotion. And that for me is healing, just being able to sit there with it, the discomfort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're and meant getting to through it and getting through it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And you're um, right. It, there's no quick fix to that. Like it's mm-hmm. really the, it's, it's really hard and really confronting for a lot of people. And I avoided it for a really long time, but it got to the point where I couldn't avoid it anymore. My body was literally screaming at me. I was going like, it's funny when I went through school, it was pretty stressful. It was like 27 out of 10 stressful. And wow. I was just in flight or fight stress. Um, it was pretty bad. And I started getting chronic recurring herpes outbreaks once or twice a month. And that lasted for about three years. And that was really bad because there would be a window of time where I wouldn't have an outbreak and bam, another outbreak. And I would just get so down on myself. And that had never happened because at that time I had lived with herpes for like 15 years and rarely had an issue with it. So I was like, why is this happening now? Is it going to be like this forever? What the fuck is going on with my body? Everything, I was taking the supplements and doing the yoga and eating right and taking the medication and nothing was helping, but I was mega stressed. And somebody in my, my one of my schoolmates said to me, like, have you ever thought that it could be energetic? And I was like, mm. yeah, that makes sense. We were going through this energy medicine class in school and it just like, <gasps> It made so much sense, but healing, doing a lot of that healing work around that energy past childhood trauma and addressing all that stuff. I mean, that was really tough, but so necessary. I haven't had an outbreak in a year. I'll never get outbreaks anymore. That's incredible. I know so many people will benefit from hearing that. Yeah. Just knowing that it's possible to have that life. There's hope, you know, like people get people get really down on themselves and with the shame and stigma and all of the emotions on top of that, like just take it from our, like my story, you can heal your yeast infections. You can heal your chronic outbreaks. If you're experiencing recurring genital herpes outbreaks, like I did, you can heal your HPV as long as it's not like super high level HPV. It's, it's all very manageable. Yeah. BB2. Um, yeah. UTIs. Totally. And what I really loved about like you're so supportive and you offer an abundance of information on your social media, like an abundance. And it's helped me so much, like just cutting out dairy, gluten and sugar and noticing the effects of that in my body. And I've been seeing a naturopath this year and going through that all my own process here in Australia and getting tests and all that sort of stuff done. But like what I really love is just the catalyst of your social media and the transmission that you offer and how that has just set me on this journey. And the, I still get recurring BV and I'm yet, you've got, you, what have you got for BV? You've got like a downloadable ebook program that's available for people who might be experiencing that. Yes, I do. It's called the BV Elimination Diet. And I'm in the process of rewriting it. And it has been a project because there's so many different puzzle pieces. And in the pro in the guide before I would, I would give like very high level description. Okay, here are the foods that you need to eat. Here are the foods you need to avoid. Here's all the supplements you need to take. Here's all the lifestyle things you need to do with the rewriting. I'm like, here's all the foods you need to eat and why here's all the foods you need to avoid and why here's all the supplements you need to take. It's like, an abundance 
of information and there's nothing like that out there no so for anybody wondering what bv is it's bacterial vaginosis do you want to explain it because you probably have a better understanding than i do i'm just going off my own experience yeah so bv is one of the many common vaginal infections that people with vaginas experience in fact i think it's the cdc that says 80 percent of women or people with their with vaginas in their reproductive age will get bv at some point of their life in their life it's one of it is the most common vaginal infection among people with vaginas and it's characterized by itchiness redness inflammation and a very distinct odor that's usually how you can identify that it's bv and that odor can change and can be different in some people but it's usually very strong and sometimes it's typically fishy um, but sometimes it can smell metallic kind of like a penny or sometimes it can smell really like like just you know that something's pungent like something's off you know the discharge is a bit like icky as well sometimes it can be green or like yeah yeah can be green can be gray and lotiony it could be um like thick lotion it could be like super watery and a lot of times BV is asymptomatic as well. Like you don't even know that you have it. And it is a vaginal pH imbalance. So usually our vaginas are acidic. And when you have a very acidic, a very, very acidic vagina or a very, very alkaline vagina, it's a pH imbalance. And then that can throw off the vaginal microbiome and cause bacterial vaginosis. It's a little bit different from a yeast infection. A yeast infection is a fungal infection as opposed to a bacterial infection. And like bacterial vaginosis, yeast infections are itchy and red and inflamed and angry, but the discharge is like white cottage cheesy. And um, there's not much of an odor other than it smells kind of like sourdough bread. Yeah, yeah. With BV, you take antibiotics. With yeast infections, you take an antifungal. So they're different. Yeah. But they feel sim- they have similar symptoms. The the main characteristic to tell the di- characteristics to tell the difference are the odor and the discharge. Well, I've stopped taking antibiotics just based on some of your recommendations that you offered me through your social media accounts. Um, account and our little DMs that we had. And I'm so keen for this program because I'm so curious about what is available. Um, and yeah, there's an energetic thing as well, don't you think? Like what what is your opinion of the energy behind the yoni experiencing recurring BV? Oh, I can actually... I have that section in my program that I'm just about to rewrite that I want to find because I have an entire section on the metaphysical connection with BV. Of course, it's my computer is taking it's that's okay. I'm so curious because I have my own like I've created my own sort of hypothesis within my own experience because I'm observing like I said, I'm not taking antibiotics anymore and it's returning to this deep trust, like the metaphysics of trust and knowing that my body can heal itself and not wanting to resort to antibiotics. So, yeah, I'm so curious. Well, it's also like if you've heard of the chakra system, um, it's like the chakras are the seven energy centers in the body and it starts from the root chakra and it goes all the way up which is like in the base of your spine. And then it goes all the way up to the crown chakra, which is at the top of your head. And each of these seven energy centers are responsible for different things. They are responsible for different emotions and disease in the body. And when these energetic centers are blocked, they can cause chronic disease or infections in the region. So for example, the root chakra is often associated with instability or stability security safety um and the opposites are of course instability um insecurity and fear is one of them too so people who are getting like also like overwhelm just feeling like you're not good enough you feel like you're doing 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 and you just can't 
like you're not good enough. So it's like people who get these chronic vaginal infections because that's root chakra stuff. Like that's what it's like for me. Like I come from, I'm a child of divorce and I come from a very unstable home environment. And even now, if anything happens in my home environment that stresses me out, I get super triggered fight or flight mode. Like, and then I get a herpes outbreak. It's crazy how the body keeps the score. Just like you're saying, yeah. like the book says, it's like, it's so interesting, this stuff. When you become so um, in tune with the body to the point where it's like noticing the one food, because I went on this cleanse as well and did all this thing. And then I started reintroducing foods and I was like, whoa, this is like my body is having a full reaction to this. It's so fascinating to create that really intimate relationship with ourselves to know what the little triggers are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It is so amazing when you can identify, get to the point where you can identify these things, but it takes a lot of layers like shedding. It's like peeling back layers of an onion. It's so much work to get there, but it is worth it. So for me, it was having a lot of unconscious sex, you know, with people that were not aligned with me and my body and my yoni would tell me this person mm-hmm. is not for you. And there are not a lot of people out there for me. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, she just doesn't, she, she's just like that. And it's so interesting because I've noticed a shift with like, when I've been away from certain people, she heals herself. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that often about BV. Like I keep getting, women will come to me and say, I keep getting BV with the same partner, but as soon as I change that partner, it goes away. It's so incredible. And it's like, is that a coincidence? I don't think so because the amount of women who are telling me this, like it is connected. I always say like our Yoni is like our intuition. It's like our gut, you know, it's like our second intuition. Yeah, And it's so true. It'll tell you when somebody, she'll tell you when she doesn't like somebody or something. Yeah, totally. And so, um, yeah, so is that the seven chakra systems, what, is this what you've included in your, in the, the ebook? That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, plus more. I can't open it right now and I don't oh, know it okay. off the top of my head, but plus more. But yes, plus the seven more. chakra systems. You know, there's the sacral chakra as well, which is responsible for our sexuality. Mm. That's a huge part of it too. Mm. And the heart as well. It's so interesting. And the throat. And the throat. I was just about to say the throat and the pussy have such a solid relationship from the moment we're in the, um, what's it called? The womb. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a huge relationship there. Cool. So... Oh, sorry. Um, I would love to hear, like, you have clients, you have women out there who probably have, like, people out there who own vaginas who are feeling potential shame around this. Like, what sort of advice would you give somebody who needs to communicate this to their sexual partner? I guess it depends on what you're communicating because, you know, something like herpes, for example, is definitely a challenge. Um, but it really is just learning about it for yourself and like understanding more about what you're experiencing, whether you're getting yeast infections, BV, herpes, HPV, whatever it is, learn more about it because the more that you know, the more power you have and the more confident you can be within yourself to learn how to, how these things work. And then you can learn how to manage them. And when you start learning how to manage them, that's when you can start being confident with your partners, especially when you're disclosing these things to your partners and having these conversations. Because if you don't make it into a big deal, it's not going to come across as a big deal. But if you are talking to your partner about these things and you're full of shame and fear and not really knowing anything about it other than your experience with it, your partner might kind of lose faith in that and you also might lose faith in yourself like whenever i've had a pretty successful disclosure rate and i think it's because when i disclose 
my herpes status to partners. It is, I do come from a confident place because I know a lot about it and I'm doing everything that I can to manage it. And they trust, like a level of trust is built just from that conversation. And it really does make a huge difference when you know more about what it is that you're experiencing and you're having these conversations with confidence. Because again, like it's not, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And when you come across as confident and knowing what's going on, your partner will be like, okay, I trust that you're handling it. Yeah, I totally agree. That's been my approach. Just like straight up, just so you know, like I need extra lubrication because it helps prevent this thing. And so going down that path and I want to talk about lube in a minute, but before we get there, I'd love to ask you about um, what advice you would give to the person receiving this information. And, you know, because there's a lot can come up that can come up for somebody, but I think that it's really important for people who are with women or, you know, pussy owners that like, there is a duty of care of respecting that body. And so I'm curious about like what advice you have for those people on the receiving end. Ah, the people on the receiving end. Yeah. That's such a great question because a lot of people on the receiving end, this is the first time they've ever heard of stuff like this, especially if you're with, and I, I don't mean to sound like condescending or anything like that, but a lot of male bodied individuals don't know a lot about vaginal health stuff and they kind of are they've been yeah. brought up to like be like I don't want to talk about it so a lot you of them like your period don't tell me about it yeah that, yeah like oh my god shame. I don't want to know I don't yeah, want to know yeah. but yet they're down there face full of it it's so funny <laughs> eager <laughs> they're eager but they don't want to know yeah so yeah. You know, I think it really is like understanding for the people that are on the receiving end of this stuff, like it is a part, these things are a part of being a sexually active human. And if you haven't come across it yet or haven't had somebody talk to you about it, it's most likely because they haven't talked to you about it before. Because like, for example, herpes is so common 80% of people with vaginas get BV, yeast infections, all of the infections are so common. It's just part of having a vagina. It's part of being a sexually active human. And a lot of the times, like none of us are immune to this stuff. So it really, it takes like, if you've got a partner that's telling you, you know, it's a pretty vulnerable conversation to have. Totally. And just, it's, it's tough. It's a tough conversation. It's like, you know, you kind of have to go in there. It's easy for me to say, oh, just go in with confidence. But I know every time it, I come to have these conversations, I still get nervous. But if you're on the mm. receiving end, just be compassionate with your partner and just like thank them for sharing and be appreciative of that. And just know that if they're aware of their status, sexual health status, if they are aware of their bodies, you know, you're they're doing everything that they can to prevent it, to protect transmission of whatever it is. Mm, yeah. And just, you know, that can create trust as well. But if it's something that you're truly not okay with, like a herpes disclosure, for example, like that's totally okay. And that's totally your decision. But, you know, if you haven't had sex with somebody that has herpes yet, you're, you're bound to because it's that common. Mm. or they just the person hasn't told you yeah yeah yeah. you know and I always say like people are less likely to get herpes from me than somebody who doesn't who has herpes and they don't know yeah wow yeah you know because I'm doing taking all the supplements I do everything with the managing my health and all that stuff but most people are have herpes but don't know it because they're not on STI panels unless you ask separately specifically for it. So, you know, most people are walking around with herpes and don't know because they've never had a symptom, but that's how it's most commonly transmitted. Mm, yeah, wow. It's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. so crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. Wow. Yeah, and yeah that's a huge one yeah and like if you're on the receiving end of these conversations like ask your partner what it's what their experience with it is like and if they have any resources that they can send to you or also 
do some research on your own. But what is, ask your partner, what's your experience like with this? Mm. And how, how does it affect us? And how can we have um, an incredible sex life still while staying protected and aware? Doesn't mean that you have to use condoms. Some people choose not to use condoms even after a herpes disclosure, and that's totally fine. But it's like understanding how you can still have a happy and healthy sex life and work around these issues because it's not a deal breaker. Shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. You can't say the wrong thing to the right person. That's what I believe. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so I want to touch on Lou because I, I saw your face change when I mentioned it. And also, I think you said something about lubricant, didn't you? And how that can sort of disrupt the flora. So what's your perspective of lube? Lube is so important. And whether that is like an like an artificial lube or your natural lube, it's so important to your vaginal health because if you're not lubricated enough, it can cause vaginal tearing. And vaginal tearing leaves you more prone and susceptible to vaginal infections, particularly like yeast and BV, as well as STIs because of all of the bacteria and viruses and stuff that we all carry naturally in our bodies. And so this is why lube is really important. And you can like self lubricate by drinking like a lot, a lot of water and eating good fats. Some people have natural, more natural lubrication than others, but you can also use, um, a lubrication that you can purchase and you want to make sure that you're using a water-based lube that's ph friendly and some people are still really sensitive to lubes especially if you're sensitive to bv some people like to experiment with coconut oil but i've heard coconut oil can also cause bv so you want to make yeah. sure that you're getting like organic, cold pressed, good quality coconut oil. And if you're experiencing any kind of infection, you want to stop using it. Yeah. The only thing is with lube is it can carry bacteria as well. Like, you know, mm. bum to vagina, like it's all wet when everything is wet down there. It can happen too. Oh my God. That is one thing that is so important. If you're being intimate in the bedroom and you're, you know, doing anal play. It's so important not to mix those two regions. Oh, <laughs> not God. even like and with your fingers or anything like no, that. Even when guys like double penetrate me with their fingers, I get so nervous. Because I'm like, okay, no, what are you touching now? No, like. <laughs> yeah. Cause, yeah. It's almost like having the conversation beforehand. Like there's so many, like a rule. There's a rule book to my pussy right now. Like you need to know these things for like, if this happens, yeah. it, it, I get really mad. I get really mad if um that boundary is overstepped because it's like the symptoms and having to deal with that is just not worth the sex. It's not worth it. Yeah, it's not worth ruining your vaginal pH for because right. your vaginal pH takes a while to rebuild once once it's thrown off. It's not worth it. I always just joke and I to partners, I'm like, never mix B to V ever, ever, ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's a playful way to go about it. Never mix B to V. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can go V to B, but no B to V. Even still with that, I say don't, no, no V to B. Yeah, just keep it, just keep, keep it separate. separate. Yeah, 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 cool. Yeah, okay, I like that. Um, okay, so in terms of like the self love, that is something that is really, you know, that's a journey for a lot of women loving their yonis. Even look, some women haven't even looked at their yonis. So, what's that relationship like? And have you, because you said, like, I even just said that I get mad. Well, I have been mad at my yoni, but now I'm. I love her. Yeah. So what's your journey like? It really is. It's a journey. I've really struggled also with my Yoni. And I think what I've really loved doing is taking a mirror and just like looking at her and telling her she's beautiful. Even if I have an infection, that's when you want to tell her most. And it's kind of like the whole positive affirmation thing. When you keep telling yourself positive 
when you're giving yourself positive reinforcement and you're telling your your yoni that she's beautiful you'll start believing it too and it really I never was taught to love myself growing up and I really had to learn this for myself and it was like a muscle that I needed to flex because I really and and build because I never would I was never able to relax like it's always like oh I got to be doing something doing something doing something but when I started to kind of slow down and take better care of myself and prioritize my self-care is when things started really changing for me it started like relaxing my nervous system which really helped with my infections and just making me feel really good like and it's Mm. gotten me to the point where my self-worth because like if somebody like for example I've been single for a long time and it would be nice to meet a partner but if somebody can't step up and treat me better as good if not better than the way I treat myself like it's really built up my self-confidence too yeah but it took a while for for me to do that for myself because I never knew how to and I I always felt like I didn't deserve it especially because of these issues that I kept having Mm, yeah knowing your worth it's so important even with the issues even with the issues yeah totally I totally agree with that completely like discernment you know like discerning when we when we value ourselves and love ourselves and and learn to love ourselves we learn to understand that this body this vessel is a temple and we get to then discern who gets access to it whether it is our heart or our vaginas it's it's it becomes like a very mindful mindful experience for me anyway like that's been my journey yeah it really is like a big part of it too you know I talk about diet but a big part of it is mindset and it is such a huge huge thing because we we all are so hard on ourselves Mm. and you know, it's like when you think about yourself and you, when you, how you feel and how you talk to yourself when you're experiencing another infection or another problem, another something, it's like, would you talk to a friend the same way that you talk to yourself? Yeah. You know, probably not. Mm-mm. But yep. it, yeah, it's really like positive affirmations has really helped me. Um, and just like gratitude practice. And it really does change your vibe and mm-hmm. change like, your perspective from being a glass half empty to a glass half full and when you're at that glass half full it's like your whole vibe changes you attract yeah. different in your life you're 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 like you have this magnetism about you and this vibe high vibe you know yeah and that's when good things start happening in your life and it's like okay it kind of starts the momentum starts building and that can yeah. trickle down into your body too like your nervous system you know, which yeah. is all connect. Stress is one of the most common triggers of vaginal infections. Yeah. So and this stuff helps. Yeah, totally. And hormones as well. Like mm-hmm. hormone balance is everything. So cortisol being the hormone, it's neurotransmitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like balancing that out with estrogen, progesterone and all the things like Yeah. Cortisol is the stress hormone. And like when I was going through that three-year period of recurring outbreaks, when I was going through school, like my cortisol levels were crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And also like living in a world where it doesn't support the structures of Western culture do not support a woman's cyclical beingness, you know, like we're expected to work through our bleeds. We're expected to be consistent with our energy, but biologically and hormonally, there's so much happening Mm -hmm. and it just disrupts how we show up. Yeah. Totally. And our cycles play a huge role in vaginal infections as well, because most people say that they'll get an infection right before they bleed. And that luteal phase is that crucial time to really nourish your body because it's going through a lot of changes, a lot of hormone fluctuations, Mm -hmm. a lot of stress, which can trigger 
vaginal infections, it weakens the immune system, it throws off the vaginal microbiome, vaginal pH levels, all of the things. Yeah, wow. That's full on sad. Yeah. That, like, it's not information that we get educated on at school or anything like that. You and know, we should. And we so should. I totally agree. Um, cool. So you've got online programs available for people. You, yeah, talk me through that. What sort of help do you offer women or people who have vaginas? What sort of so, support do you offer? Yeah. I've got a couple of different ways I can help people. So if anyone wants to do a candida elimination diet, I've got my fuck candida program, which is like, a (laughs) thanks. I know because it's so fucking annoying. So it's a self-guided online program for people who just prefer to take the tools and do the work on their own. Some people prefer that, but in addition to that, for people who really value like support because they struggle to, stay you know committed to it or there's because it's hard like changing your diet changing your habits is hard I've got a couple of different ways that I work one-on-one with people um, and help them get through the candida diet to make it successful for them to get the results cool and then I've got um, my healing herpes holistically program which is kind of like an ebook for people living with herpes that will give them all of the tools with holistic nutrition and supplements and lifestyle practices to manage herpes Mm -hmm. and prevent outbreaks. Mm -hmm. Then I've got my HPV healing guide, which is similar. It's like an e-guide with all nutritional and supplement information, lifestyle information to manage HPV, just like I did. I healed my once high risk HPV. I never thought that it would happen, but over the past three years, my pap smears have been normal. So that's good. And last but not least, I have my BV elimination diet, which is going to be so good. Mm. I'm so excited about the new upgraded version. It sounds so good. Yeah. So all of these programs provide people with the tools to do the work. But if people need additional support, I've got lots of other ways that I can work one-on-one. I also, in every January, I do a candida, like my fuck candida diet as a group. so that's coming up in january sometimes it's fun to do it with a bunch of people too yeah cool and and that's it i've got lots of like i work a lot with supplements too where i offer discounts and um Mm. i'm always doing giveaways on my instagram and yeah i've got lots of, of lots of things that i can help people with i love that it's so helpful and supportive. Like you're the person that I wish I found 10 years ago, <laughs> who I wish I found I know. 10 years ago. Yeah. So your Instagram plug is at Yoni it's, Nutritionist. Yeah. At Yoni Nutritionist. Yeah. Cool. And I'll include all of that in the bio for anybody listening. Oh, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. It has been full of wisdom, full of so many light bulb moments and aha moments and yeah just your 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 wealth of knowledge is priceless if you ask me so yeah thank you appreciate it thank you yeah it's it's so nice to be able to help so many people who need it yeah yeah it's awesome that you're doing this work because there's not nothing out there and I love it yeah thank you thanks for having me pleasure thank you (laughs) Okay, everybody, I will catch you on the next podcast. Thanks for joining me.